Okay, everybody, and welcome to the Brad Squared Geekcast, your weekly perfectly symmetrical, perfectly balanced, and of course, a perfect square. I'm your host, Brad Bellinger, and of course, joined by the Brad from the frozen wastelands of Canada, my co-host, Brad Rock. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brad. Very exciting week, and uh, yes, I am more frozen and more north than normal because I'm actually in North Bay today. I'm uh, I'm literally sitting in the middle of a floor because I'm I don't have a desk with a a good uh, plug near it. So I've just got my Surface and my Yeti. So it's a little bit uh, less tech than normal. So uh, I, I have to apologize if there's any sound issues, if there's any uh, technical difficulties, you'll have to excuse them, like the technical difficulties we just went through. Uh, yes, today is more squared than normal because this is the second time we were doing this entire cast. I'm going to uh, change our intro. You're going to change our intro? It's going to be... Weekly, perfectly symmetrical, perfectly balanced, and of course, recorded twice. Yeah. Oh my God. So the call <laughs> recording crashed during the first uh, first version. We didn't notice until after the cast. So we're doing this all again. But you know what? It's a great week to be doing a podcast twice because it's such an exciting week. We just had E3. It's probably the best E3 I can remember. Brad, this is amazing. I know. This is this is one of the best in recent times. I know, it makes me feel like I'm a kid again, and I'm excited for E3. You know, it's been, for the last few years, it's been like, oh yeah, we're going to see a bunch of games that won't be out for two years. But, you know, this year we've got release dates, we've got betas, we've got Fallout. Like, we've got so much exciting, exciting gaming stuff happening. Yeah, um, I have to say, this is... I am very excited about the release dates. That is something we always look forward to everybody wants to know when can you get your hands on it and now we know for quite a few of the games absolutely so so brad what do you want to jump into what do you want to dive into first okay let's uh you know what i'm going to start with a game that i'm actually not interested in believe it or not okay plants vs zombie garden warfare 2 Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare 2. How are you not excited about this, Brad? This is fundamental gaming right I here. I know, but I hated the first <laughs> one. <laughs> My god, I'm surprised they even have this. Like, Plants vs. Zombies... I'm surprised they made a second one. Did they make enough money on the first one? I know, like, Plants vs. Zombies, I mean, everyone played the, the mobile game, and then, you know, two years later, you wonder why on earth you played it. Um, I like. I feel like I'm stepping back in time two years when they announced Plants vs. Zombies: Garden Warfare One, and I was like, "Really? Oh my god!" I, I did you even play the first one? Did anyone? <laughs> people did, dude. People recorded it for YouTube, and yeah. I did not watch it. You did not watch it? No, no. I, I did mean, not watch it. I, I, I mean, yeah. Like, what's the, what's the target market there? Is it like, is it the casual gamer trying to become a regular gamer? And being like, oh, you know, this is my gateway drug. Plans vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare. That's what got me into Modern Warfare and Halo. And like, who? Who is this? Who is your target market here? Ugh. Oh, my gosh. You, you, you soured the cast, Brad. You soured it. I know. You soured it. I had to throw it in. You had to throw it in. You had to throw it in. It's, it is, yeah. I mean, Although, that was one of the only games I really wasn't that interested in. The rest of them were pretty good. You know what? That is that is a really good point. That is a really good point, is we got a lot of great games, and we did not see very many kind of, ha-ha, you know, even the NHL, like the, the EA Sports franchises, they all actually kind of interested me. I was like, you know what? This 
I haven't played a, a, an EA Sports game in a few years. The NHL League stuff seems kind of cool. Like, I, I might actually, you know, try and pick up uh, 2016. A little hockey? <laughs> a little hockey up north, eh? Um, no, but Brad, you know what? Uh, I, I've got to eat crow on a game that I was not excited to see and then got very excited about. Uh, the new Doom game. The new Doom game in Bethesda's press conference uh, blew me away. Blew me away. It looked amazing. It didn't look like crap like I thought it would. It played fast. It played exciting. It was big effing guns. It was Doom. It made me feel like I was playing <laughs> the original Doom 1 and Doom 2. You know, like, I, I haven't played some of the follow-ups. I haven't been very interested. But, uh, but my God, this one... It, it's a game you can get excited about. It like it, it. I looked at sort of the some of the the demos they were showing, and like the multiplayer harkened me back to playing Unreal Tournament with my friends back when we used to do like LAN on uh, on Unreal Tournament because no one had a connection good enough to play online. Um, yeah, it was it was exciting to see. Now, how do you feel about? Um... Clearly, so... you're not excited. My <laughs> God, this was... You know what? The, the first time we, we did this whole thing, and I made the comment that you were like... Your reaction was like, yeah, it's okay. I get excited about it again. I'm trying to get you pumped for Doom, you and you're yawning. You yawn. <laughs> that, that rather than do like a, a two or a new world or this kind of thing, they just say, Doom. Take it or leave it. I think it's good. I, I You know what? I'm I'm in favor of it. The last I'm trying to think of another so game ago. that does that. Uh, Need for Speed? <laughs> fair, fair. That is very true. Need for Speed, they're just like, it's a new Need for Speed game. Uh, when you buy it, if you want to make sure you don't get the old one, just say the new one. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> the one that isn't, uh, God, 15 years old? More? Oh, man. Well, in, in that case, with, in the case of Doom, you're lucky because... You can't buy Doom? They, you can't buy the old one, so... Well, definitely not in GameStop. <laughs> no, no. Oh, so, man, I... I, I was excited for it. And, you know, I think it's good that they're just going with Doom because it's still got the nostalgia factor, but there's enough people that haven't played a Doom game that aren't going to care that this is the fourth Doom game. It's fourth, right? What? The, the Doom? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's fourth. Yeah. Uh, there's enough people that, that aren't aware and, and don't care I think it's fine with a, with something like this. I think Need for Speed is a little bit more strange. I don't like the fact that it's just Need for Speed. But I also didn't like the fact that a few years ago we had Need for Speed Hot Pursuit when it would have been like the third Hot Pursuit game. Like, I, I, I think they have a lot of trouble naming their products. Probably. I, I mean, I, I don't... Uh, how, how many unique names can you come up with? <laughs> Oh my god. We're running out of names. No, but I mean like Need for Speed 3, Need for Speed 4, like or sorry, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit 3, Need for Speed. But then you know, you're right though. The problem with Well, the it's sort of like Speed... Call of Duty Black Ops 1, Call yeah, of Duty yeah. Black Ops 2, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, and then they're like, "Oh, but we'll throw in Modern Warfare 1, 2 and 3 too." Um, what other name can we come up with and add a couple numbers to the end of it? Well, and it's a good point though for Need for Speed because I've run into this problem. I was a few years ago, I wanted to get a car racing game. So I was like, you know what? I'll just pick up the latest Need for Speed for uh, my PlayStation 3, which I think at the time was Shift. And I remember trying to figure out what the newest Need for Speed was. 
Uh, and I was having a lot of trouble. It was like, is it Underground 2? Is it Shift? Is it uh, Hot Pursuit? Like, what is the latest? Because um, I, I guess they're all slightly different thematic, and I think the whole point was, forget that. Let's bring all the best parts into a Need for Speed mm -hmm. game, which I like. I just think they could have called it something different. Um, it could have just been like, I don't know. Need for Speed reboot, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, but uh, but no, Doom is exciting. You know what? Uh, talking about Need for Speed, um, I don't know if you're a big car guy, but Forza also got announced. Forza did get announced. Was that from the uh, Microsoft stage? I think so. Yeah, it must have been. And, I think so. Yeah, that's the problem with with some of this. Eh, you've got your third party, you've got your first party. Yeah, yeah, um, you're right, you're right. Forza, it was it was um it was Microsoft. Yeah. Um, out on Xbox One, September fifteenth. There you go. Of this year, so you don't even have to wait that long. September, October, November are big release cycles. I think we're mm -hmm. getting Tomb Raider. I think we're getting. Uh, the new Fallout game. I know there's a bunch of other, some great indie ones that we were that we've been talking about. Um, yeah, like a huge, huge potential for those few months. I think it's going to be busy gaming wise. Oh yeah. Um. So uh. So Bethesda. You know, we we started talking about uh, we started talking about Doom. Let's uh, let's address the other big elephant in the room. Fallout Four. Yeah, I know. And they gave us a release date. They gave us. Can release you believe date. it? November 10th, which I'm remembering so well, because uh, the um, uh, the release date for Skyrim had been November 11th, 2011, so I, I, it's like a day later, a few years, you know, four years later, whatnot. Uh, but I'm excited. You know, I'm very excited. I'm not a big Fallout fan. Uh, I played three. I didn't get too, too engrossed in it. Um, but you know what? I'm really excited for this new Fallout game. Yeah, I know, and they're they're uh, talking cross mod compatibility between the PC and the Xbox, which is very exciting. Like I, you know, the the techie in me wonders how they're going to do it because a lot of times, so, you know, some of these mods can actually interact a little bit more at the OS level, or not even at the OS level, but a little bit more fundamentally with with some of the components that come out of a computer. Uh, so I wonder how it's going to be transitioned. You know, like. Are only some mods going to be cross-mod or cross-platform uh, applicable? Are they going to lock down the modding a little bit more? But, you know, it might be because they're both on the Windows platform that makes this easier to do. I don't know if we're going to be able to get the same sort of cross-mod platform ability on a PlayStation. Uh, I mean, well, here, here's something that they brought up, though, is um, they did mention the cross-mod compatibility, right? Yeah. They stated... Um, they're they're not gonna leave PlayStation out this time. Okay. PlayStation is getting Fallout Four. We obviously hoped for it and we expected it. Yeah. Um. And they're also later. I don't know how much later, but later they are going to attempt some sort of PC to PlayStation as well. For the for the mod cross mod for platform? the cross mod compatibility. Okay. So I don't know how they're going to do it, but they said. Listen, it's not going to be Xbox exclusive for this mod compatibility. We're going to do something with PlayStation uh, in a later date than the um, original. But I, I'm I'm even confused as to how they're going to do Xbox One P, uh, PC. So yeah, it's, um, 
it, no it, it leaves some questions open, but it also, if they, if they can pull this off, it's a big deal because that's one of the, you know, the PC Master Race's uh, tenants is, oh, we've got mods. Yeah, well, because you got to think, GTA came out and people bought it again, again. for the PC just so they can install mods. And it sucked. <laughs> it was so buggy. I know, like, people had, like, stripy zebra arms and... Oh my gosh, yeah, it was buggy. And it's like, so you really wanted the mods that bad that you went and bought it again? For yeah, the... yeah. But yeah, this is probably going to stop people from actually having to buy the PC as well as the Xbox, if that's what they're into. Very good point, very good point. Um, it's going to be a game changer if they can pull it off. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm interested to see it. I mean, you know, we, we, we're excited about the, the release date, we're excited about the mods, but... I mean, we can't we can't ignore the fact that we got some great, great, just gameplay footage during E3. I mean, I'm I'm really excited for for how it looks for the environment. We're gonna be in Baltimore. I mean, it's it's interesting. Um, I'm getting a little bit more detail just right now about that mod compatibility. Right. Um, it is saying. Uh, Mods will be playable on Xbox One, but they will only be created on the PC, which is to be expected. Yeah, that makes sense. It's like, oh, I'm going to code this mod on uh, my Xbox One. <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, what is But it's is also it, coming uh... with Fallout 3, as well as the cross-mod compatibility, so that's, that's pretty nice. That's true for, like, the five people who don't own Fallout 3. That's me. <laughs> You don't own Fallout 3? I don't own Fallout 3. I've right. played it, but I don't own it. I don't even like Fallout 3, and I own it. And I, I, I you know, I, I played it in college, so I, I played it with less than legitimate means, and I didn't <laughs> care for it, and I still went and bought it on a Steam sale. Like, how do you justify not spending $5 on Fallout 3? <laughs> That's a legitimate question, Brad. Come on. <laughs> You know what? I think it's even on the Encore sale. By the end of this cast, you should have it in your Steam library. I know. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I, I do not own it, but I have played it, and I'm pretty interested. I mean, are do you, they're not hurting themselves by, cop, by uh, distributing it with Fallout 3, especially since they're literally giving it away, basically. Oh, yeah, and I mean... On Steam, so why not give it away with Fallout 4? Yeah. Like, realistically, there's not a lot of people who don't have it. If You know, it's a good gateway And you know how it. they're going to do it, too? How digital. Do do? Digital? Of course digital. You're going to open it up. Inside the case is going to be some sort of code to get your Fallout 3 download. Uh, they're not going to give you another disc. <laughs> you're not going to buy the exclusive pack that's, like, double thick. It's sort of like the old Sims game that you used to buy for the computer that had three discs. And, that, like, the case is, like, as thick as your laptop. No, you're going to get one disc, you're going to download the Fallout 3. Brad, I, I, I've got you beat on The Sims. I bought EverQuest 2 for PC <laughs> on CD, not on DVD. Do you know how many CDs? I do not even want to know. How many floppy disks did you put in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, so Fallout 3, and then, you know, we talked about this a little bit before the cast. We talked about this a little bit on the first version of the cast. But uh, you've been playing the Vault Builder, and I can't because I have a BlackBerry as my phone and an Android as my tablet, but you are on the uh, the iOS Master Race. 
Mm-hmm. Tell me how you've been liking. Um, tell you how, how how you've been liking the Vault Builder. Well, I'll I'll try to give you the slim line. It's a resource management room builder uh, survival game, right? Okay. So you got to resource. You got to manage your food, your money, not your food, your money, your food, your electricity, your water. Um, and then there's other amenities you can add on. You need to build rooms for people to live in. Um, something I realized that might actually help me out on my next attempt, because I'm probably not going to have to do another attempt, is the location of things is actually important. Not only do you want to be able to get multiple rooms next to each other, up to three, because um, they will connect up to three if they're the same type, mm-hmm. um, but you also want the locations to be specific because power is the one room that doesn't rely on other rooms. All other rooms rely on power, right? So actually your placement of these power rooms are important because you can place them near, near things that really need power. Right. Um, because when you become low on it, things farthest away lose the power first. Okay. Um, and so I'm learning that because I've actually placed all my power next to each other. So, <laughs> um, And my food is on the other side. So usually when I, my power gets low, I immediately can't get any more food. <laughs> so um, that's a thing. Um I like there's there's no like wait ten minutes for your room to complete building. It's immediate. You um, don't have to pay ninety nine cents to have it done right away. Nope, you don't. Um, and the things that you pay for are like things that you should be paying for. They're like extras. You're gonna pay for either you're gonna pay for caps, which can help you build rooms, or you can pay for these things that are like lunch boxes, and they come with different items inside. Five items, so you can get like. A weapon, extra caps, extra food, extra water. Um, and you can also earn these too, which is nice. You can earn them just from achievements in the game. Um, a nice mechanic is there's this thing called Rush. And you can, if you're running low on, let's say, power, which I do very often, I can rush the power room and it will immediately finish. It won't, you, the timer will restart and you'll get all the resources from the room. But there is a percentage chance, basically a spinner roll or a dice roll, that it lands on a bad. And if it lands on a bad, you don't get the stuff, and a bad event happens, like the room catches on fire. Um, so it's nice, like, there's a waiting aspect, and you don't pay for these rushes either. You can do as many times as you want, but the more times you do them and the more times it fails, the higher the chance that it fails, basically. Right. So rather than a... Spend three gems to finish immediately. You're more gambling. You just do it for free, but yeah. you're gambling because you might need to use it later, but now you have a 60% chance that it's going to fail. Okay, okay. Um, it's, it's nice. There's uh, health and there's radiation, so you got to cure people. you got to heal people. You can send people to the wasteland, and it sort of gives you like a chat log of what happens. Like You don't actually see what happens, but there's a chat log. Okay. Um, and the longer they stay out, the more stuff they can get. That's nice. Okay. Um... There's also like achievements like send a dweller out into the uh, wastelands for 10 hours. So you send them out for 10 hours, and it's weird. You can send them out for as long as you want, until they die, of course. Um, you send them out with stim packs and rataways. Um, and then you can send them, you tell them to come back. They don't come back immediately. It's actually the same time as how long you sent them out. So if you send them out for 10 hours, it's going to take 10 for them to come back. Okay. If you send them out for five minutes, it's five to come back. Right. And so it's sort of realistic in that aspect. And also on the way back, um, 
like on the way out, you can actually get, they'll gain an XP by killing creatures and stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the way back is just as dangerous. Right. right. You, you don't collect stuff because you're not searching buildings anymore, so you won't like search a building and find this awesome plasma rifle. So you won't find that, but you will still run into enemies on the way back. Okay. And so it's like if I send them out for ten hours, I'm everything gonna be able to make the trip back. Right. It's a really good game. It. What's your whistle for this Fallout experience? Because it's sort of Fallout-ish. It's not the game, obviously. Um, but there's, like, specials and stuff, which really give you, like, the, oh, I remember specials. That's kind of cool. And then villagers do better, not villagers, dwellers do better in different rooms based off of what their specials are. Like, strength is really good in power. Agility is good in dining. Perception is good in the water. It's good. It takes a lot of brain power, but it's good. You can breed them in living spaces. You can also build a radio tower to recruit people. Yeah, yeah, Brad. Build I, weight I, rooms. I think you should share what your breeding strategy was because I, I found it quite hilarious. Um, I usually assign one male or two males to the living quarters, and then I send the women there. And then once they're done making the baby, right, I send them out and I send more women in. And so it's basically the same guy is responsible for all the children in the vault <laughs> so you've got like a serious inbreeding problem in your vault and at the same time all of the I... women in your vault are pregnant at the same time see i i didn't yeah <laughs> yeah and they'll you run away from fire problem in this <laughs> they'll run away from fires too so that's not good um i was testing out the water because i was like i wonder if the game will even let you use the same guy <laughs> because maybe they're like maybe they're like quote-unquote married, and that's the sort of thing. I was like, is it even going to let it? And then when I saw that it let it, I was like, oh, this is awesome. But now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if that affects their, like, quote-unquote radiation. <laughs> so, like... They're more that, mutated so that's, because like, they so That's, like, that's like, quote-unquote, like, inbreeding, right? Yeah. And so, like, you get a penalty. Because I did notice, now that I think about it, a lot of the children, once they became adults, they had a lot of radiation. And so, <laughs> I'm thinking... Well, these ones hmm. wouldn't be inbreded yet. It's, it's when no. those children then procreate with each other that you're running into problems. You get a couple extra years. Well, that's exactly the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because you can actually go zoom into rooms and they'll be like – they say like random stuff sometimes. And like if they're not feeling well and they have a low happiness, they might be like, oh, man, I have to do something about this arm coming out of my stomach. Or my fingernails <laughs> are falling off. <laughs> and Brad, what what is the happiness uh, rating of your – Twelve percent for the whole vault <laughs> uh so so the, what 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 we've got in summation here is in the event of a post-apocalyptic wasteland brad is not don't allowed, let me be an overseer no. not allowed to be an overseer uh, but, you know, that sounds really fun, and I'm actually really disappointed that it's not out on Android yet. Um, I'm excited. You know, I would, even play, I would even play this as a web game, to be honest with you. Yeah, like, if I could get that on Steam and just, like, at work have it kind of open and hiding. Because, and... you know what, that wouldn't be the first time that they've done a, a mobile game to web. No, not at because all. Because I used to play a game, it was called Infection or... Oh, what was it called? Um, It was, like, some sort of, like, thing where you... You're like a bacteria, right? And you mutate and you're trying to kill off the world's population. That used to be a game that I had on my iPad. Yeah. It's on um, Steam now. Uh, Pandemic, isn't it? Yeah, it's Pandemic. That's what yeah. it is. Well, and then you've got uh, You Must Build a Boat and 10 Million. Those were both, I think, originally mobile games where they were both mobile and Steam at the same time. 
Yeah, and and they're doing good. Yeah, absolutely. Surprisingly. Yeah, yeah and I, uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be great if it was on Steam. I understand why. I think a lot of it lends itself to touch screens and mobile experience and all that. It jazz. is a very, it is a very touch oriented game. Like you're touching the rooms to collect resources and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. Ah, but I can touch with my mouse, right? <laughs> absolutely. Oh, well, I've got a touch screen. You know, I've got a surface. Um. But yeah, so I think. If it comes out on Steam, great. If it comes out on Android, great. Just let me play it. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, man. I feel bad too because it's like it's like oh man, he's gonna really want to play this game. This game is good, and it's like it's like a good time killer. Like you can just like collect stuff, right? Yeah. And then just close the game, and it, I mean you'll get a notification saying stuff is ready. Yeah. Um, but they won't starve to death while you're gone. Which is good. So that's sort of the way I'm playing now because I'm really low on food. So what I'll do is I'll collect the food and then I'll immediately close and wait until the food's ready again. And then I'll open it up and (laughs) (laughs) gaming the system. Yeah. Oh, so Bethesda, amazing showing probably the showing of E3, but the next one I want to talk about is probably like the one we would disagree on the most. Um, you know, we, we were talking about it before the cast and, uh, we brought up Nintendo, and immediately at the same time, I was like, they hit a home run, and you were like, so disappointed. <laughs> uh, so t- tell us, Brad, why are you disappointed in Nintendo? I don't like their whole digital conference setup, how they do it. Um, it doesn't lend itself very well to, like, boom, Super Mario Bros. Mic drop, you know what I mean? There's, there's, it, It's all, like, pre-assembled. There's no... I'm going to drop a bomb on you, and then just, uh, we're leaving it. Instead, there's, there's no it's like, clip, 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 clip. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, there's no audience interaction. That's kind of what gets me. Um, however, I do like, I've always been a Super Smash Bros. Brawl kind of guy. Um, you were mentioning Wooly Willy. Not Wooly Willy. <laughs> <laughs> Yoshi's Wooly I can't World. believe I just said that. Oh All my right, gosh. we have our hashtag early on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's the worst thing? In the States, that's an actual gag product. And you can guess what it is. Yeah. I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I meant to say Wooly Yoshi. Um, Yoshi's Wooly World. Yep. Well, Yoshi's Wooly World. I can't believe I said Wooly Wooly. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it's like, what does he say? It was like the Kirby. Um... It's like Kirby Epic Yarn. So it's the same yep. sort of style, same sort of feel to it. A lot of the gameplay mechanics look similar, and that was a great game. Like, it looks a little bit like Little Big Planet, like how they're yes. like. Absolutely. Although you know, I've got to say the the Little Big Planet, the biggest Little Big Planet similarity I thought was with Mario Maker. Um, <laughs> just because the level know. building and I, oh my god, Mario Maker! I'm so excited for and and you kind of put it uh, yeah. great. You were like. You know, we're, we don't want to make any more Mario games, so you just make your own, like... We're like, we know Mario's a really hot IP, um, but we're kind of out of ideas, guys, so here's a game where you build your own Mario game. <laughs> That's awesome! Like, I'm going to have so much fun setting up levels that are ridiculously tough, and then watching my wife try and play them. Like, the one thing where you got, like, a one-pixel gap to get over, like, a jump, and you're like, yeah, you yeah. gotta jump at, like, the last second. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Oh, my God. It's it's an exciting time to be a Nintendo fan. You know, I, I accept that we normally only get, like, one, maybe two Nintendo games a year that we want to play. Like, the Wii U is a first-party game console, you know? Like, I'm not really gonna play much that isn't Nintendo-made. 
Um, and well, something I didn't mention the first time around that I actually thought about but I forgot is Nintendo as a console to me sort of feels like a play this while your game while your friends watch sort of game, right? Yes. Because with it's- the Wii U, you have your own screen, and a lot of the games you don't even need the television. The television will be for anybody sitting on the couch that wants to watch, really. Absolutely, like Star Fox. So we're getting a new Star Fox game. Very excited. It's bringing in some of the uh, the functionality and features that were in the uh, the Star Fox 2 that was, uh, you know, years and years and years and years ago, never made or never completed and released. Um, it's exciting. And then the what they're doing with that is really cool, where you've got your, your sort of playing view... Um, through the gamepad, and then you've mm-hmm. got the screen to kind of show you a, a third-person view of the action, seeing it from different angles. It's, I think it's a really, really interesting, and I kind of wish that Nintendo had the same sort of streaming built-in capabilities that the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox do, because that'd be a really interesting thing Well, see, to that's be the way the out. Wii U was meant to be used. Yeah. Some of the Wii U games are like... Here's what's on your pad, and it's the same thing on your screen. Yeah. And that's when it becomes a, oh, well, it's just really for your friends to watch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so, it's going to be so cool. I like, I think it's, you know, it, it's the Star Fox game we've been waiting it's for. It's like a giant 3DS with Star <laughs> Fox, you know what I mean? Because that's yeah. the whole purpose of the two screens on uh, uh, the 3DS is, or even just the regular DS, um, is that one screen can be, like, the bottom screen can be your map or something, and the top screen can be what you actually need to use all the time. Yeah. And that's something I like. And that's what the Wii U was kind of meant to be, but some of the games at the very start did not use it to its potential. So oh. I'm glad the Star Fox is doing something with it. Absolutely. It's it's going to, I think it looks like a great game. It looks like Return to Form. You know, we had the kind of iffy 3DS Star Fox game. We had... Star Fox Adventures Dinosaur Planet for the GameCube, which was just weird. And they decided halfway through creating a new IP that they were just going to slap Star Fox on it. Um, but no, this is a true-bred Star Fox game, and it looks great. Yoshi's Wooly Willy <laughs> looks great. Um, and then we're Willy gonna, Willy. <laughs> Yoshi's Wooly Willy. Um, and then uh, we're, uh, we've got some great new Smash Brothers characters. We're going to see... Ryu from Street Fighter and Smash Brothers, like Nintendo was great, and they had Muppets. They had Muppet uh, Reggie, Muppet Iwata, Muppet Star Fox. It was hilarious. I'll tell you the the Muppet things they did it for me. That was that was that it made it a little bit better that everything was sort of pre-recorded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it gave it a good reason. I'm converting you. I'm converting you as we talk. As to why... I know, as we talk, I'm getting a little bit more on board with the Nintendo conference. Good, good. Uh, So that was Nintendo. That was... uh, We talked Bethesda. Uh, Well, like, what else stood out for you, conference-wise? Now, I'll tell you something that we didn't actually mention in the first cast. So people are actually maybe going to benefit a little bit from us not mention... From us actually having to do a squared cast. (laughs) Um, It's something we didn't mention that I was watching the trailer for a little bit. Um, and it looks stunning, and so I have to mention it. The creators of Metroid and Mega Man are working on a new first party called ReCore. Oh, yes. I don't know if you saw it. Yes. It's a woman and her robot dog fighting enemies in a wasteland, and it looks beautiful. The dog looks really cool. (laughs) 
I want it. I want to own it. I'll trade in my dog that I have for real. <laughs> it looks cool. It's stunning. The graphics are what you would expect from next gen, right? Yeah. It looks really good. Um, and it's not like they do like the traditional like dog looks like a dog kind of I think it's kind of shaped like a dog, but it doesn't look really like a dog. It's uh, got, like, one eye above the other eye. Um, the graphics, though, man. Whew. I was watching the cinematic, like, release trailer. Woo! I was like, I really like that. And then the, the, the dog's not, like, totally useless either. You know what I mean? The dog has, like, some sort of, like, attacks kind of thing and, like, it pulses and... It but looks cool. It's the year for dogs, right? We've got this. We've got uh, Fallout 4. But, uh, uh, Record, though, um, so I don't recall, did they give us a, uh, a release date? They said, they give you a window. Okay. They said spring 2016 in there. All right, so Q1. So, yeah, Q1, um, they're, they they're giving us a rough area, which I'm okay with. I'd rather a rough area than no area. Yeah. Um, especially with a game that looks so nice. Do we believe it, though? I don't believe it. No, no. It looks good, and because it's like a game... It's not a gameplay trailer. It was like... The game. The thing I was looking at was sort of like a cinematic trailer. Right. Um, and so that always looks a little bit better, and that's why I'm like, it looks beautiful! But... At the same time, it's like, it's not going to look that good, right? It's This is all pre-rendered. Yeah. Um, it, oh my gosh, I was like, whew, looks nice. I wish it would look that nice. Um, but I don't know. If they pull off something that looks even remotely as nice, uh, I could be in for it. I could be in for it. I would probably go out and purchase it opening day. Really? If it looks as good. It, it. It, it, it entices me. I'm one of those people that, um, when I used to play a lot of uh, PlayStation 3 games and stuff, I bought, like, Infamous, um, Prototype. Those kind of games really kind of get me, like the steampunky uh, fighter, shooter, right, that kind right. of thing. It really gets me. And if you can get me, like, graphics that when my girlfriend walks into the room and she goes... Oh, what movie are you watching? And you're like, oh, this is a movie, this is a game. That's the kind of thing that I like. That because is I can't impressive. remember what. Like, I, I wish I could tell you what game I was playing before. And she was like, oh. She says, what, what's this you're watching? I was like, oh, I'm not watching, I'm playing. And she's like, oh. She says, wow, it looks really realistic. I was like, yeah. That That is, a, that is a rave review right there. That's the kind of thing you want, right? Is you're like, you keep bringing out these next-gen consoles that have, like, better graphics, better everything. You want these characters that are totally made up. None of them is a real person, but they look like they're a real person. And that's what I saw in this trailer for ReCore, and I'd really like it to be like that in the game. And that would be great. Like, you, there's a couple. there's been a couple of games that really deliver that great cinematic experience. And thank uh, you for giving me the window. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, like, there's been some great games that give you a great cinematic experience. Like, Last of Us is, I mean, that that was the game of last gen to me. Um, and I, I'd love for another great experience like that. And, and ReCore looked really promising. And, I mean, 
they they've got and I mean some... who don't like who don't like um Metroid and Mega Man? Absolutely. Right? And those games are were fantastic. Uh can I say though I I, I don't like where Metroid is going. <laughs> uh, well <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a thing. Oh god, that that was the black sheep of uh, of the Nintendo conference. Um so ReCore, very exciting, very exciting. Um, let's talk a little bit about. So actually, which conference was ReCore in? Um, I don't recall. That, that was in. That was in Microsoft. That was in Microsoft. Good, good. Let's talk a little bit more about Microsoft's because they had some really great, interesting announcements that came out of there. I know they talked about Fallout. Um, and we talked a little bit about the uh, the mods being exclusive to. Uh, Mm-hmm. to xbox for a little bit but uh you know we also got a new xbox controller out of it uh i thought that was kind of interesting you know we made fun of them quite a bit in last cast for uh for their um controller with a uh, an audio jack but audio this is jack I, yeah this is what i can get behind we've got a controller it's modular it's meant for high quality gaming it's something that a first party peripheral has never gone before and i think i you know i applaud them for going that route I think that uh, it's it's nice to be able to have faith in a first party peripheral too, because I always yeah they're they're trying to sort of get in the market right with uh I want to say scuff I don't know I don't think scuff is the one that makes those but they make like the modded controllers that have like all your fingers sort of push buttons so basically you have your finger on the thumbsticks and now if you want to push any of the colored buttons. You just have to push a different finger rather than move your thumb to all those buttons. Yeah. And I don't know if uh really makes a huge gameplay difference in competitive gaming kind of thing. Um, however, Microsoft is like, well, we could do this too, right? Let's let's do a controller where all your fingers are used, while buttons on the back, just like it. Um obviously because it's not third party. It's a little less ugly looking, to be honest with you, because um, a lot of the buttons on the back and stuff, you plastic things that kind of reach around, and like you push your finger away, and it sort of pulls it in, right? Yeah. In this case, rather than have all these ugly like things, it almost looks like a spider from underneath has reached over your controller. Yeah. Rather than that, they can, they can actually build buttons on the back, yeah. rather than have things that reach around to the buttons on the front but you can press on the back you know what i mean i'd rather have a button on the back that does something rather than a lever on the back that pushes a button on the front yeah like it's fantastic brad and you know it brings to mind uh as we get as the lines get blurred between pc gaming and ps4 gaming and xbox gaming and some of these companies start to open these these games out to be played cross-platform you know like you can play online against uh someone on a pc like, right now, especially when you get into first-person shooters, PCs have a distinct advantage. Uh, I mean, a, a mouse and keyboard is so much better suited for first-person shooter gaming. Everyone knows well, that as much as people will argue I, about it. I, will, these I games... won't say mouse and keyboard, but I will say mouse specifically. Yes. The mouse yes. is what's key. Absolutely. I mean, SD and arrow keys, those aren't anything innovative. Um, it basically does what the D-pad does on a controller. However, using your thumb to aim or using a controller where you literally move your cursor to a specific area on the screen, that, that 
is what gives you the the edge, right? That is the edge, is Absolutely. the mouse. But some of this edge starts to disappear when you're not, it, you don't have that sort of, same sort of clumsy, like, oh, I can't aim right now because I've got to switch weapons. Like, what is that? Yeah, like, and, yeah because the um, this sort of brings the whole button scheme, right? Xbox has a new controller with the buttons where you don't have to move your fingers. Um, keyboard's always had that. Keyboard has all these buttons, and usually the hand that's on the keyboard can touch all the buttons. Absolutely. All at once, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you don't have to move your fingers off the movement. Yep. Um, and that's sort of... So I guess you're right. They are kind of like, ah, you can do it with this, though. You can. We got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's still going to take some time, but I, I think we're. I think it's... It's going the right route, and it makes me a little bit more optimistic for cross-platform gaming. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the controller was uh, was a surprising win for Microsoft, especially after we made mm-hmm. so much fun of them last uh, cast. I know. Um, what are the, they must what have else? heard about the audio jack, and they're like, well, we need to mention that there's buttons, too. Those two Brad guys were making fun of us, so let's let's throw out a, a better controller. Uh, <laughs> we have to hype ourselves up and make and pretend that they actually like heard us. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they like troll the uh, the iTunes podcasts for uh, for ideas. Like, look, let's look for where our name is placed. Yeah. Um, so okay. So Brad, uh, what else came out of uh, Microsoft's uh, conference that you're excited about? Uh, can I tell you what I'm sort of excited about, but also sort of afraid about? Okay. We have two games. And you already know where I'm going now by the time I've said two games. We got Rainbow Six Division. Yep. Right? Rainbow Six Siege and The Division. These games, this is not their first light. No, They've seen not. the light quite a few times. Yep. And so, you're like, ah, do you want, uh, can you put your faith in any of these? But Yeah, exactly. Uh, like I, you know, I when I first started uh, getting into to the gaming media, and I, I used to do a um, a weekly uh, Twitch cast a few years ago, and the first E3 that I covered was the first E3 that the division was announced, and I was so pumped. I was like, "This is great! This is like, uh, you know, co- collapse of society, um, virus killing everyone. You've got this kind of black zone." You've got this cooperative play. You've got great gameplay mechanics from the looks of it. It's an exciting experience. This is a Tom Clancy game that I can get behind. I haven't been excited since one of the first Rainbow Sixes for a Tom Clancy game. And then we didn't see anything come out of that. And we've been waiting for years. And it's kind of like, (laughs) all right, guys, I don't buy it anymore. Like, I don't believe that we're seeing it Q1 next year. No, no, no. Even though they've already said that they're, um, oh, Ubisoft revealed during the Microsoft conference that you're going to receive Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Vegas and Rainbow Six Vegas 2 for free. Um, you won't get those for free if they never release Rainbow Six Siege, so. <laughs> but yeah. I have I'm telling you what. Rainbow Six Siege coming out, though. Like, I, I can believe that because it seems like a. Not a simpler game, but it's more of a known. But quantity. they're giving you a beta for the division in they're, December. Yeah, they say they are. And <laughs> I, I can maybe see like late Q1 seeing a beta, maybe. But and you know this is me being 
I've got nothing to back this on. This is me being a crotchety old man, but I just don't feel like I'm going to see it. I don't believe it. I don't, until I've got a little bit more proof, I don't think it's coming out Q1. I don't, I think we might see a no, beta Q1. No. Maybe, but I don't think the game's yeah, coming maybe. out Q1. Maybe. But for Rainbow Six Siege, out of the two, I'm definitely more excited about Rainbow Six Siege. What I liked is that they're like, well, we're going to talk about it. Uh, you're not going to be able to play it for a while, but we will talk about it. And here's what we have to say about it is you really got to – both sides really have to think about stuff and they have to fortify stuff and that you might fortify one area, but they'll actually come in a totally different area because uh, it, for this game, unlike I, – I, I always bring it back to Call of Duty. Call of Duty, they like to play with three lanes, right? A middle, a left, and a right. Sometimes the left might go up or down, um, but they always have like a certain amount of lanes. So there's, yeah. it's not like people are coming from behind you all the time. You know they're coming out of one of these three lanes. Yeah. In this game, it's sort of like, well, there's all this area, and you could just break in the wall in a random spot and come in through there, right? So you're excited about and the so, destructible terrain? The, yeah, I like that because people might board up this door or this piece of wall, all of a sudden, you play C4 or something on this wall, and you just blow through where they have no reinforcement, um, yet you don't know from your side which, which part's reinforced, right? Yeah. And so that's really exciting. Um, well, and, it, and it, it eliminates a little bit of the sort of just map memorization that you get in games like yeah. Call of Duty and Halo, where it, it, it the eliminates person... the. Yeah. Yeah, it eliminates like the. where if your team is communicating enough. You could just block all three lanes and nobody gets through. Yeah. In this case, it's literally impossible. Both sides don't know enough about either side to have an advantage. Yeah, you're just you're gonna. And make it's given to you in a new spin. So I mean, I really I'm really excited about the Six Siege. You I'm know really what? excited about Destructible Train. I've got to say, Brad, I wasn't excited about Rainbow Six Siege until this conversation. <laughs> talking about like I I mean I I've played the Rainbow Six games like years ago. I remember, you know, when I was younger playing the first one and it was fun, it was innovative, it was new, but I never got a great multiplayer experience out of it. But this sounds just exciting. This sounds fun. I, I kind of want to play it now. I'll bring it down, back down to earth, though. We're not seeing this until we see, like, hover cars and stuff, so. And then a couple <laughs> years later, after we see... Self-parking cars. Yeah. <laughs> Google's going to be driving everyone around. Then you will see this game. Once we get self-driving cars with built-in pedestrian detection, that's when we'll, that's when we'll see the... Uh, Actually, you know what? You will be playing this game via a digital download in your car. Yes, because you don't need to use the wheel anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so I'm I'm disappointed about The Division. I, you know, I, I there was no way they would have made me happy about it. I, But if we see it Q1, I'll be happy. I just don't think it's going to happen. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on it. Uh, so, anything else exciting from Microsoft conference? Um, well, we have 150 percent more tombs from Tomb Raider. 150 more tombs in Tomb Raider. That's right. That's which right. is being released the same day as uh, Fallout 4. The same day? I think it's the same day, or either that or a day difference. Yeah, like it's it's definitely the same month. So you're gonna see Tomb Raider. Uh, coming in November, very exciting. Um, we were talking about this before. I'm not a big Tomb Raider person. I I played the first few back when 
third-party sort of shooter-type games were a lot more janky, were not as as clean <laughs> of, a, of an experience. Uh, I know that it's gotten better. I just haven't gotten on the Tomb Raider bandwagon. But uh, you were mentioning you're a big fan, so talk to me about oh, why. Yep, just looked up. Just looked up. Same day. Same November day. 10th for both. Same day. Okay, so I'll play Fallout 4. You will play Tomb Raider. Uh, Brad, why are you I don't know. I might have to... I might have to, to shelf Tomb Raider for a month or two. Well, why, why are you saying <laughs> 150% more tombs? Um, I've always sort of liked the exploration of Tomb Raider games, and so very disappointed that there was like three tombs in the last Tomb Raider, but this one we've been promised. She's figured out what she wants to do with her life, and that is raid tombs. And so there's going to be quite a few more of those, and so... What, what what were you raiding before? Like, uh, help me out here, because all I know about uh, Tomb Raider was like, the hair mechanics. Well, you, you were raiding tombs, about. but they were like, <laughs> there was like three tombs and then a bunch of story dialogue and uh. it was. It's like, oh well, we have to talk about. We have to have these two people talk to each other, and these people have to like run through some sort of building rather than actually go and investigate all these tombs. So, I think the next game is going to be a lot more based off of the gameplay trailer, a lot more tomb oriented rather than. I mean. I think it's going to be a lot more Tomb Raider rather than just Tomb Raider three times. Uh, I think that's enough for you guys. Uh, wait till the next game. All right, all right. So we're going to see 150% more tombs, and all of the story and dialogue is just going to get moved to the next Metal Gear Solid game, probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have we'll have more like two-hour cutscenes in Metal Gear Solid. Oh my gosh! What was that game that just came out not too long ago? It had lost cutscenes. It was uh, Wol- not Wolfenstein. Jeez, um, New Order. Yeah, like yeah the Order of Order of eighteen something. No, not 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 the Order. Uh, it was a uh, oh, what is it? The Order of oh, the Order eighteen eighty six. It was it was like uh, there was like lichens and stuff and that kind of stuff. And there's like oh, immortal people. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I did not play that. It was like the old England style game. Yeah, yeah. That game had 90% cutscenes, 10% game. Like you couldn't tell where when you were controlling it when you weren't <laughs> controlling the game. Oh god. Which is sort of nice because like the the cutscene was sort of like seamlessly into the gameplay, so like you didn't know when the cutscene ended. Like you just stand there and you'd be like, oh, why am I standing here? I'm actually controlling it. Um, Which, you know, in-game cutscenes are nice, although I, I like to know when I can control my character again. <laughs> that always helps. And you'd also like to control your character more than the game is actually just rolling through cutscenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about Sony's offerings. Um, we did yep. hear during yep, the Sony conference. Sony conference. Uh, we did hear so. about the new Final Fantasy game. Wait, no we didn't. We heard about the old Final Fantasy game, which is being re-released <laughs> The Final Fantasy VII remaster that everyone has wanted for years is finally here, and I am asking myself why. Um, no, like I mean, I've got a I've got a big history with Final Fantasy VII. I was like the outcast of the game community because I liked JRPGs when everyone else liked platformers and first-person shooters, and I was a big Chrono Trigger fan, and I liked Final Fantasy II and Star Ocean II, and I remember playing Final Fantasy VII. And loving the world, but not caring that much about the gameplay mechanics. I didn't find it was that good of an RPG game. It had a great story, sure. But, uh, you know, we, we talked about this. Final Fantasy VIII is definitely the superior game in terms of mechanics. 
we're getting seven again, and I'm probably gonna buy it. I, you know, I have Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation, I have Final Fantasy VII on Steam, and I'm probably gonna buy Final Fantasy VII Remastered, because despite the fact that I don't think it's that good of a game, it's such a core part of my childhood that I'll probably rebuy it. <laughs> so that, that's, that's my monologue, Brad, but I just, I have to wonder how many other people feel the same way. Like, how many other people are going to buy Final Fantasy VII Remastered and not even actually play it? Oh, if you want to talk about buying and not playing, I think a lot of people are just going to buy it. Just yeah. to buy it. Just just to buy it. And then maybe 72% play it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be show up on a Steam Summer Sale, um, just like Final Fantasy VII does every year. And I'm going to see it on there, and it's going to be 10 bucks. And I'm going to be like, you know what? For $10, why not? And then I'm going to reward them for putting out the same game that we've seen a bunch of times. Uh, but you know what? It could be worse. We could be seeing like Final Fantasy 16 that I wouldn't care about. <laughs> well, the Sony conference in general, let, let's just get like a, a basic like Sony overview. Yeah. So yeah. the Sony conference, going into it, uh, they really didn't have... Honestly, they didn't have to do too much legwork, right? Yeah. It, Sony, in the past year, has sort of overtaken Xbox. Um, even, like, this this next and up-and-coming Call of Duty. For the last... Uh, how many years? Over ten years, I want to say. Call of Duty has been... Xbox exclusivity for all DLCs for a month for over 10 years. Now, PlayStation gets it, Xbox waits, which is huge. Yeah. And it's just another nail in the coffin saying, ah, PlayStation's sort of kind of crapping on you by now, Microsoft. You know what I mean? Um, and so they really didn't have to do too much work with like, look at this awesome game, look at this awesome game, look at this awesome game. Because... <laughs> From sort of the start-ish, they've really kind of had quite a few good games. And so I was quite surprised at how many sort of like mic drop moments they had during this one. Because really like the first hour of the Sony conference, of the PlayStation conference, was just like mic drop, mic drop, mic drop, mic drop. For like an hour straight, basically. And you were like... uh. Okay, I didn't expect you to be have really anything that we didn't already know coming out, right? Yeah. I didn't really expect anything like jaw drop. I mean, if you wanted, I mean, you would have really had a jaw drop moment if we had like Half Life Three or something. Then you'd be like, but, yeah. Um, so everybody's jaw would hit the floor simultaneously. But the conference really, I thought it was going to be an okay conference for PlayStation. I thought Xbox was going to really try drive it home as hard as they can. Bethesda was going to help them out with Fallout 4. But I was not disappointed with, with Sony's. They had, um, oh, what was this I was seeing? Well, why don't, why don't we... Far Cry, th right? Sorry? Far Cry? No, they Is didn't have Far Cry. No, let, let's, let's, no not Far Cry. Let's it quickly was... run through their big announcements and, and yeah, give me yeah. kind of a rapid fire what your thoughts. Last Guardian. So Last Guardian, uh, uh, we saw it a few years ago. We didn't see much from it then. 
interesting gameplay mechanics? Like, what do you think? I think it was a good idea that they brought it up again. Yeah. Sort of made people be like, oh, I forgot about that game. I remember it now. Let's get hyped about it again. Yeah. Um, new Hitman game? Yeah, there was a new came Hitman out game. Too. Yeah. Um, not super interested, right? Um, we had a new character announcement for Street Fighter V. Yeah. Um, you had a AC Syndicate. Yep. Are you... The Street Fighter V one, that was a little bit weird. Um, it had to do a little bit with like PS3, PS4-ish kind of thing, where people are like, are my nunchucks from, <laughs> from my PS3 going to work for my PS4? That kind of thing. Yeah. Which is not actually a nunchuck. Nunchuck is, is a Wii, but... No, it's like, the, uh, the, the arcade move, pad thing. Move controller or whatever. Yeah. Right? Um, but yeah, uh... No Man's Sky, I think I'm remembering. Okay. It was like a space sort of Star Wars feel kind of thing. Well, there's uh, there's Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, that one uh, looks fairly promising there. The Yeah, uh, action RPG. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, very much similar to... Uh, uh, not similar per se, but it, it reminds me a little bit of... Uh, uh, oh god, uh, the one we were talking about earlier in the cast there. Core, no. Christ. I'm having a coffee moment. So Horizon Zero Dawn looks really promising, looks really, really nice and impressive. We got Star Wars Battlefront. Are you excited for Battlefront? Who's not excited for Battlefront? Who's not excited for Battlefront? I mean, to be honest with you, it's like, it's like, it's like Battlefield with a Star Wars skin, <laughs> but that's good nonetheless. Am I right? I mean, oh, why not? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Battlefront is is going to be so much, like it's been so waited for, it has so much promise. Uh, we got told that there's going to be another Uncharted game, which we knew about, but I mean, it was uh, it was excited to, exciting that's to see. That's what it was, Uncharted. What did I think? Far Cry. <laughs> oh, God. I meant to say Uncharted. Uh yeah, Uncharted was the one we were thinking of. And everybody's like, is he, is he older or is he younger? Are they playing with Tom again? Nobody knows. Yeah. Um, Shenmue 3. We finally got an announcement for Shenmue 3 at Sony's uh, press conference. Yep, um, and a little people butthurt about the whole Kickstarter thing, but not not too bad in general. Clearly not people, enough uh, people are butthurt about it because we saw $2 million in eight hours. Like, that is justification that this game needs to be made. You know, they've been, it's over a decade old, I think 2002 with Shenmue 2. Uh, you know, they, they had to take a gamble on it because it, it was on Xbox, but not in a big showing. It was mostly a Dreamcast game. That's where people knew it from. Dreamcast collapsed. Sega went to just making games. We really got all those question marks around, is there really that much desire for Shenmue 3? And my God, is there ever. I'm telling you, this game is going to have a lot of people with nostalgia yeah. being like, I am buying it now. <laughs> I don't Absolutely. care how good it is. Absolutely. And, you know, people people spoke with their wallets. They wanted to make sure it got made, so it got funded on Kickstarter. I think it's going to have a really big backing, and I, I think it's going to be... 
I, I knew that Shenmue 3 would be able to sell. I knew that when it came back, people were going to get excited about it. I didn't think they'd get this excited. I want to I want to say that one of the big one of the big contenders was backing it too, weren't they? Was was Sony backing Shenmue? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. So so Shenmue got announced during the Sony conference. Oh, I remember. I remember. Um Sony comes to them, right? They say, "Listen, we'd really like this to be first party, right? Yep. We'd really like this to be really nice. And so we're going to back you a little bit. And then that's kind of where this whole butthurt Kickstarter kind of thing comes into play because they're being backed a little bit by Sony. Um, and then they're asking for money on Kickstarter, which I don't think they really were asking for money. They really were asking for interest. Basically. Um, and so, and then they're also on the E3 stage and people are like, well, you're on the E3 stage. People are going to hear about your game anyway and people are going to buy it. So why do you care? Um, but I still think it was an okay move on their part. I mean, you want to see, I mean, sure, you're on E3 stage. That show, anybody, any of the games that really get shown main on the main E3 stage for PlayStation or Xbox, probably going to be purchased, no matter how bad they are. But it's always nice for a developer to know it's going to be bought by at least how many people backed it. Yeah. Right? Probably more. Because some people are cheap and they don't want to put money, but they're interested. Absolutely, like it's it's one of those uh, situations where you've you've got kind of the uh, the the vocal group saying, "Oh, this is you know big business, just trying to to bleed money from a stone." You know, they have enough money to back it, but they still want people to pay for it on Kickstarter. In actuality, it's them taking a gamble on a decade plus IP. Uh, or decade plus old IP that a lot of people don't remember, and they want to make sure that before they go through the prospects of making this game, that there is suitable interest. And I think two million raised on Kickstarter proves that there is significant interest for this. Um, yeah, on Kickstarter, you really you really can't fund somebody based off of like a dollar amount because. Usually you can't ask... Like, if you want to get funded on Kickstarter, you can't ask for what you need. No, no, definitely not. Um, and so... Honestly, when a game goes on Kickstarter, I immediately think... They're 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 testing interest, really. Absolutely. Unless they're a really small indie developer, then they probably need the money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like... Uh, yeah, they... I... If I was uh, on Kickstarter with this game, I would like to see a lot. I'd, I'd rather see two million backers backing a dollar rather than a uh, hundred thousand people backing with how much. I don't want to do the math this early in the morning, but you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, and I, I I agree with that. I've not actually looked at the breakdown to see you know how many backers there are, but I get it. Like. I, I, di- I don't agree with you per se because you've got to consider the fact that this game is going to cost $60 and it's, you know, it's like, it's the old adage, right? Like, unless someone is paying for something or, or they're voting with their money, they are oftentimes going to give you a positive response. You know, if you ask a million people if they want a Shenmue game, they're going to say, yeah, even if they've never heard of Shenmue because they're like, oh yeah, I want another game. But if you ask someone to say give you $60 to make a Shenmue game, then obviously you're going to get a much better indication of how much interest there actually is. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they, it's, I think Kickstarter honestly is, maybe, maybe, you know what, you can make a lot of money. Um, come up with an idea for a site that just gauges interests. <laughs> yeah. That's not Kickstarter. Because I think, I think it gets like a, like a thing about it where people kind of look down on it. Um, however, the issue is money still has to be involved because you can't have, ask people just to be like, if you're interested in this, put your opinion down because, um, you can't really guarantee it. If you're, if people are putting money down, they're willing to purchase it too. Absolutely. So, um, so Brad, I know we are, we're running up on the hour. Um, we are, we are getting uh, low on time, but before we sign off, I do really want us to talk VR. Because everyone thought that this was going to be the year of VR. Uh, people thought that we were going to see a ton from Morpheus, a ton from HoloLens, and a ton from uh, Oculus. And nothing. I mean, we saw... The most we saw was, wasn't even VR. It was AR. It was the HoloLens, which I got really excited about. I think that they've got a good product. It's, it's obviously difficult to show VR and AR in an, in an environment like this. But at least with HoloLens, you know, they did some camera tricks to show you what the individual was seeing. They got, they brought in an IP. They had Minecraft. It was kind of interesting. You're, you're kind of basically playing with Lego. But it showed at least some of the capabilities. And it showed that the HoloLens is a lot farther than Google Glass was. And that made me excited. Because I've got a very stunted opinion of VR and AR. Google Glass was, a, was kind of a misstep. Um, our last experience with VR was Virtual Boy, but but no, like this this showed that there might be something to AR. The Hololens showed that it had something. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see it with something else. Maybe uh, I don't know. What, what was the one that I used as a reference last time? I used. Um, Well, the division, if it ever comes out, is what I used. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see it with like a game like the division or um, even Tomb Raider, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't like know how you... that would work, but um, I'd like to see it with something other than Minecraft. I you... mean, that it doesn't really wet my whistle the way I would like it to. I know, but you, you have to you have to realize that like it's AR, right? It's not VR. It's harder to do something with the division. Yeah. Like, I mean, if, if you want to throw the division up on, uh, you I, know, I wonder is how it's going to work and like how it's actually going to work, even just for Minecraft, because, um, the, the, the game premise is that the world is infinite. You got an infinite sort of thing and you sort of resource gather. How are you resource gathering when you're standing, looking at your table, your coffee table, <laughs> And you need to get stuff, you know what I mean? That's the kind of thing that I can't wrap my head around. It's obviously going to have to be some sort of... It, it's going to be sort of like uh, Minecraft for the 360 or the PlayStation. It's going to be a different game. Yeah, it's not it, gonna it will be, be a different game. Like, this isn't VR. It, this it'll is probably AR. be almost like a Lego game. Unlimited resources, and you just experiment and see what it looks like. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on, Brad. Like, this is AR, this isn't VR. You're not going to put on a headset and fall into the Minecraft world. You're going to interact... You're gonna have mm -hmm. a game interaction in your real life, and that's that's the whole point of it. Yeah, you're not gonna dig down to bedrock and get diamonds to make your picks and stuff. You're no, gonna no. just be building, I think. Yeah. It's just gonna be mainly a building. It's gonna be like Minecraft Builders Edition or something like that. You know what I mean? It's not gonna be the game. Exactly. Um, 
but we didn't see much from VR. And this was surprising no. to me because we're told that we're going to see Oculus in Q1 next year. And then we've got almost no showing at E3 for Oculus. I mean, I know the Consumer Electronics Show is another avenue that they can show showcase their work, which is going to be Q1 next year. Uh, it usually happens in, I think, January or February. But that's a little bit late when you're planning on releasing in the same window. So, I mean, what what was up with that? Like, why were we not seeing more of a more of a showing from VR? Um, I honestly have no idea because the only the only one that really has VR other than like Oculus that that's notable would be the Project Morpheus, right? Yeah. And that was pretty uh, lackluster, I guess to say the least. They didn't really do too much with it and. Uh, I I don't know. Um, I'm feeling a little bit. I don't know. Maybe maybe we're not ready for VR. Maybe that's why. <laughs> and maybe that, we that's are. the conclusion I'm getting to is that maybe we're not ready for it. Maybe that's why we're not seeing it. But usually you have a a a huge selection of like new games that are coming out, and then you have a little sprinkle of VR. Or, or any tech in general, like new laptop from Razer or yeah. a new mouse from Razer. This time around, it was really like 99% game and like 0.1% uh, HoloLens and then 0.001% Morpheus. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. It, and then I, uh, Oculus didn't even make a showing, I don't think. No, not really. And you know what? It, it's It's fine for us to criticize like this. And we both know that if, if it would have been more peripherals, like past E3s have been, we would have been like, well, where's the games? You know, we're not seeing any new games. We're seeing the new Titan card, and we're seeing Morpheus, but Morpheus is based on games. Where are the games? Like, you know, there's no way for them to win. I think I just expected, with this being such the year of VR, I expected to see some VR. You would think. <laughs> Especially since everybody's like talking about like their new next best thing, um, you would think, well, they're gonna let it. They're gonna try to get us a little bit more excited about it, right? But that wasn't too much the case. They basically showed, even for like Hololens, they really showed what they've already shown. Yeah. Like we, we like we've seen all that stuff before. They had, they, you can look at it online way before E3 happened and see all that stuff for the Hololens. So. And also, it's sort of difficult to show somebody, and so it's really just a pre-rendered what it would look like to you, mm -hmm. rather than, I mean, you can't do augmented reality in the room and be like, oh, everybody can see this. No. Yeah. You're yeah. sort of just showing what the experience could be like. It's really a, it's a product where, like, if you go to the store to buy it, which I don't know where the heck they would sell these kind of things, because these things seem like they're going to be probably pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, but wherever they sell it, they got to have, like, sort of like a Walmart or a Best Buy sort of style where they have a demo model on the floor and people put it on before they buy it. Yeah. Like, I'm not buying either of these devices until I've used it. Oh, yeah. Like the 3DS had to go through the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like 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 if you're going to purchase one of those, you need to be in the store and you need to like turn on the setting and see what it looks like because otherwise you're not going to purchase it. You're like, I don't know. What's wrong with the one that don't got 3D? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, 
All right. So, I mean, we're, we're, uh, I think we're a little bit past the hour, Brad. So we want to make sure, you know, these people are getting off their bus. They're, uh, they're getting ready to, uh, to end the office. We want to close things out. So Brad, what was the most exciting thing for you about E3? I don't know. What did I say it was? <laughs> oh, oh, I remember now. Uh, my most exciting thing I liked was honestly the stuff that they showed on the PlayStation's Twitch. All like the little kind of indie, smaller indie developer developer stuff. That was the stuff that got me. Yeah, like the Souls and the Bloodborne type of games. Yeah, like the Castlevania rework kind of games. Those I really like. They're like hand-painted art style. That's the kind of stuff I really like. Because, I mean, if you can't get me like really realistic stuff, I want it to be like artistic as hell. Yeah. And so hand-painted and then also like the pixel stuff that kind of brings you back. That kind of stuff is the stuff that I really like. Yeah, like remind me about the the titles of these games, just so people can go and and, and look them up. What were they? one was Salt and Sanctuary? Salt and Sanctuary. That was Blood. And the other one was Death's Gambit, and that was like an RPG platformer Castlevania game where you serve death and you're fighting, killing immortal monsters and stuff. It looked really cool. Death's Gambit was the pixel one. Salt and Sanctuary, very art style. Um, both of these people, I don't think, committed to a release date, and I don't blame them. They're independent, and so they can't really rush this stuff out. Um, so, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty excited about the the independent stuff. That's the kind of stuff that really gets me. And uh, this E3 was pretty big. Not not the main conferences, but the smaller Twitch conferences were really indie this year. They were really trying to get these people known. Which is awesome. Like, it's great that we have these types of services like Twitch, like Periscope, these types of things where you can see these these live feeds. We're seeing great showings from indie developers. God, it was a good year for E3. You know what I'm? You know what I was excited about? You know what the highlight was for me, Brad? What? Puppet Star Fox. That was just amazing. Um, but no, I'm, I'm actually really, really excited for Star Fox. I think that's going to be a great, great game. Uh, very excited you know nintendo always blows me i know and if somebody wants to pick up that game they don't own a wii u i mean you could buy a wii u for like pennies now because nobody really wants one oh come on now (laughs) Um, listen listen people bought those things up in bulk when it first came out and they couldn't even sell them oh yeah it was another because because nintendo made way too many of them they weren't like it was like the ps4 came out and you were like really waiting for one you could still go to the store and get one because there was had so many made yeah um, it's an okay console. I still like the old Nintendo consoles better, so... They should have bought uh, Amiibos. That's that's what they needed to wait for and buy in bulk. Um, alright, Brad. Uh, so if people want to find you throughout the week, um, until next week, until next, uh, Sunday, where can they find you? Uh, that is on Twitter at underscore Brad... No. At Brad Bell underscore. Um, and they can also find you on your website and your Twitter, too. That's right. So I am uh, at Brad Rock. That is Rock spelled R-A-C-H, and that is Rock, not Ratch, not Rash, not Rack. It is Rock. Uh, and uh, they can find me at bradrock.com, where I blog about project management, uh, reality TV, and gaming. All the good things in life. Um, Brad, it was great talking to you from yep. the uh, the frozen north of Canada. Um, it was great. You know, we, we've covered E3. We've blown through that. So next week, we don't have to talk about E3 as much again. We can talk about the reactions from E3 and all of the people that are now complaining about all of the things that they saw at E3. 
So we are, we're going to have content for months from this. I know. All right. Well, it was great talking to you twice today. Um, I think we've got a really solid hour. Uh, hopefully no more technical difficulties next week, and it will be Brad squared once, not Brad squared twice. Um, so fantastic talking to you, Brad. And until next week, uh, take care. Yep. See you later, guys. See you later.